Welcome to the Homeopathy for Mommies radio show. Your host, Sue Meyer, is a Catholic wife and homeschool mom of 11. She shares her knowledge of the study of natural alternative medicine with you. While this show is not intended to diagnose or name any disease, through her experience, Sue will share helpful information to help you further your study into the amazing world of homeopathy. And now, here's your host, Sue Meyer. Hello, and welcome to Homeopathy for Mommies. This is Sue Meyer. Today, I thought we would talk about Lyme's disease. Lyme's disease is a disease that's transmit, transferred to humans from a little tick. And contrary to what everyone thinks about all the different kinds of ticks running around out there, it's the little deer tick that is in the, the eastern part of the United States and the upper Midwest part of the United States as well. And Lyme's disease has become very, very serious and a lot of people have been exposed to it. You can only get the disease from a small tick. That they call it a deer tick. It's it's really 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 tiny. Um, but the odd thing is is that's the only stage that the tick actually can transmit the disease and transfer it to humans. When it's a bigger tick, it the disease is no longer there. It it can't it can't transfer in a, in a larger tick. So that's why they say it's from those little tiny ticks. Well, it's the same tick except as they shed their their coat and break out and have a newer, bigger body, um, they are no longer contagious. So yes, you need to watch very carefully for those little tiny ticks. And so who can watch for those, right? (laughs) On our animals, our kitty cats, our dogs, our horses, our cattle, all of us are susceptible to those little tiny ticks that you really can't see and you really can't even feel them. But before I go on and talk about Lyme's disease in more detail, I actually wanted to address an email that I had received from a young lady. She says, Dear Miss Sue, (laughs) so cute, I am a Christian who follows Jesus Christ faithfully, and I belong to the Baptist Church here in the Philippines. I always listen to your podcast, and I was hoping you could shed some light regarding my question below. She says that her Catholic friend, who is also a classmate, said that her church said Christians should not have anything to do with homeopathy because it was evil. And she goes on to say a few more things, and she asked me, what I thought. She says she's prayed about it and she wants to know what I think. Because as of now, I don't see anything wrong when I use homeopathy. So I wrote back to her and I says, oh, you're in the Philippines. And it's interesting. I told a little story there that we used to have a godchild there. And I miss her letters now because she's grown and she's moved away to help support the family. But as far as homeopathy being evil, well, And I know we've talked about this briefly on some of our radio shows in the past, but my homeopath is also a Catholic theologian. (laughs) I call him a theologian because he's as brilliant as anyone I've ever met. But he, he writes for a Christian magazine. And he sends every a copy of every single thing that he writes, he sends it straight to the Vatican because he wants to make sure that he has a watchdog watching everything that he writes, that there's that he's nothing is contrary to faith. So, I mean, this is how scrupulous this man is, okay? (laughs) Um, Anyway, when I, so I asked him, when I also heard this rumor that homeopathy is evil, I've actually got some Catholic friends that won't use homeopathy because they say the same thing. And I've tried to explain to them that there is nothing evil. 
So I asked him, I said, help me here. I need something tangible that I can give these people. So I asked him and he said that there is no truth to what I've heard about homeopathy being evil. He said that Mother Teresa used to send her newest nuns to study homeopathy if they didn't already know how to use it. But in most cases in India, people are extremely familiar with homeopathy. She said that homeopathy works well to cure the sick and to help the dying and that it is, keyword here, affordable. I will also tell you that the pharmaceutical companies, now this is, I'm going to say that this is a rumor because I've heard this numerous times. I've never been able to find anything to back it up, but when I do the research, it's very likely that this is true because of the contradictions that I read when I study these blogs and some of these articles. And like the article that this young lady sent me, there was one contradiction after another in it. So whenever I see a contradiction, what do we know? We know that there's an untruth. So the rumor is that pharmaceutical companies spend billions of dollars each year to discount homeopathy and they even pay medical students college tuition to dis homeopathy through blogging. When it comes down to it, I also try to be a good Christian. I am Catholic. I, my goal is to be an excellent wife, mother, teacher, and I like to be joyful while doing so. But I can tell you that when I do not feel well, this is nearly impossible. To be joyful, I mean. And I want you to know that there is nothing evil about using God's natural gifts, his life-giving herbs and elements in their natural form, save for diluting them down to a point that our body recognizes the original element only because that's the way God designed us. We don't have to have tons, you know, like more is better. It's not like that. Our bodies are innate and they detect things that are the eye can't see and we can't necessarily taste it, but it's there. And so when these elements are diluted way down, our bodies can still read them. Like when a maestro touches a violin, does this bring pleasure? For some, yes. But it is only when the violin sends out this beautiful music that we can actually absorb the true beauty of its design. And there is nothing tangible in that either. You can't see it. You can't touch it. You can't smell it. But your body responds. Your senses respond to that beautiful music. And so when allopathy tells us that there is no healing element in homeopathy, just ask them. Ask them to explain music. Ask them to explain sunshine. You cannot explain the things that God has given us as gifts, these mysteries in life. We know the process of homeopathy being diluted down. Again, we can't see it. We can't detect it, but it's there. We know that megahertz can be measured, just like you can measure the megahertz of the violin music. It's there. You cannot see it. And I, I just want to stress enough to everyone. There's nothing evil about this. And please feel good about using homeopathy because it is real and it is healing. It's healing because it's so finite that the body just heals itself when it's exposed to this type of healing. So I says to this young girl, I said that she needs to feel that homeopathy is okay. Personally, she needs to feel that. And if she could understand it better, then she could apply it to the world's idea of science behind it because you can apply that because oh the whole world says oh it has to be scientific and it is scientific because there is a science for sure it's just that there is no poison left behind in it like the big pharmaceuticals have in their cures for what they they they, know it's not cures but what they say is their healing remedies 
And so they don't like it when people actually get better, you know, from something that they can't explain, something that they can't tangibly have in a bottle and say, this is medicine because they've ground it and pasted it and whatever, and they've extracted it from a particular plant. And we all know that when you extract anything from a particular plant, you're not getting it in its whole form the way God designed it in the first place. And so therefore it can be deadly. But anyway, I also have a friend who is an oncologist nurse. And she has been for over 35 years. And she said that she can honestly say she has never actually heard the doctor say, hey, I think we're going to be able to cure this cancer. You know, that's not their attitude. Their attitude is, hey, you know, I think we can get this under control. That's their attitude. And, and they believe that. They really do. Or they couldn't be in the, the position that they're in. But that's, that's what they plan to do is get it under control. So all I can say to all of you out there is please feel good about using homeopathy in your family. And you have to understand it enough to... To feel confident in saying, I'm going to try this remedy, I'm going to try this remedy, or I'm going to try this remedy. And when people send me emails and they call me and they text me, I'm okay with that, but I can honestly say I've gotten kind of busy (laughs) and I don't have a lot of time anymore to answer emails. And that's why I'm trying to give you as much information as I can on these podcasts because everyone needs to know how homeopathy cures persons and their symptoms of disease. You don't always have to know the name of that disease. You just have to understand that like cures like. Search for the remedy that causes those types of symptoms and use it in a 30C potency. Perfectly safe. If you're dealing with small children, again, you can go up to a 200 and you can be very confident that it's perfectly safe. Find a good homeopath in your area or you can text me and I will I will put you in contact with a a homeopath that she has given me permission to um, give out her name. I want everyone to be healed. And some of the remedies that I talk about on my podcast, I can't put them on my website. I can talk about them. They're out there and I can direct you to the place where you can get them. Okay? They're available. Our government watchdog for pharmaceuticals and things like that are getting rid of a lot of these wonderful curing remedies, but we still have availability to them. So, and I, like I said, I'd be happy to, to direct you. If you send me an email and tell me your situation, I, I would be happy to do that. But in the meantime, please do not believe everything you hear. Watch for those contradictions, folks. We have to learn to be wise. We must. So watch for it. And in every article, they will trip themselves up. They, we can't help it. Um, if we're telling an untruth, you're going to hear it. So I always try to be truthful in everything that I do because I don't have time not to be. <laughs> okay. With that, we're going to go on and we are going to talk some more about Lyme's disease. One of the first things that you should know about Lyme's disease is that you can kind of prevent the wood ticks even getting on you if you use the essential oil lemongrass. Wood ticks hate lemongrass, okay? And of course you can, you know, people say if you wear socks and and pants and so on and so forth. Personally, I just found that that gives them something to grab onto a little bit easier. I always go barefoot with shorts and whatnot and so forth. But regardless... The, um, the lemongrass deters them as well. And you're going to find that some people j- 
just don't they just don't get wood ticks. Wood ticks don't seem to like their blood. <laughs> and then you'll have other people that mosquitoes don't like. And it's kind of funny because I've kind of come to the conclusion that wood ticks don't aren't attracted to people who have a lot of water in their blood. And mosquitoes are not attracted to people who have a lot of oxygen in their blood. We've talked briefly about hydrogenoid, carbonitrogenoid, and oxygenoid blood types. Well, that's kind of my my findings is that these types of people really the you know, it's not that they will never get a wood tick or never get a mosquito bite, but those insects are not super attracted to them. But anyway, once you have um or or wood tick bite or and you don't you can pull it off. We when we first moved to Minnesota, I'm going to tell you this little story. It's too funny because when we lived in Michigan, there were no such thing as wood ticks there at the time. I think there are a few now, but there weren't there weren't then. Anyway, we moved to Minnesota and the people we bought the farm from kind of warned us about wood ticks and they said we'll find them on the cattle and we'll find them on our persons sometimes and that we should never ever pull them out because the head could get left inside them we're like oh my gosh what kind of horrible country did we move from (laughs) or move to and so sure enough one of our visiting friends got the first wood tick and he comes screaming into the house and he whips off his shirt and he says I have there's something stuck in me and we all stood around the kitchen and we looked at we looked at his chest and sure enough here was this this wood tick and he had burrowed right into this our friend's chest and and of course we remembered the farmer's words don't ever pull them out just light a match and touch and then blow it out and touch the wood tick with this this match and he will pull himself out well guess what we tried that for over four well I think we worked on it for probably about a half hour 20 minutes to half an hour (laughs) all we did was basically kill the wood tick (laughs) And, and he never did pull himself out and then when we did try to pull it out because we had tortured the poor thing so much his head did get left on the inside oh it was just awful it was it was such a trauma anyway so then they had to dig the head out and you know then (laughs) it was awful so that was our very first experience with wood ticks now we found that you just whip them out and they're just going to come and then you kill them you know just pinch them and break them in half or whatever and kill them right away or we like to drop them down in cement and just kind of grind them in but yeah, you can just go ahead and pull them out right away. Once in a while, like on your animals and even kids, you know, you can bathe your children. But if that wood tick is already stuck into their hair, and little kids aren't as sensitive as older people, they don't tend to say, you know, mommy, check, this. it's kind of itchy right there. They don't say that. They just ignore it. And so you've got to check them thoroughly so that that wood tick doesn't stay in their hair or, you know, wherever. Most adults will find them right away. So anyway, you could just pull the wood tick off. And I like to put a drop of lavender oil at the site when you pull it off right away because lavender oil, remember, James Tyler Kent said, lavender oil is the only oil that will never suppress any symptoms whatsoever. So, and you can use it, it's a perfect antibacterial and it's a perfect antiseptic. So I like to use pure lavender oil in situations like this. If you have a wound that's healing, mix the lavender oil with coconut oil or some other carrier oil so that it it isn't quite so strong because you don't want to stop that skin from actually growing back. I have in my store, there's some healing creams. There's a first aid tube that's got calendula oil. Um, 
olive oil that's been soaking with calendula flowers in it for a period of time before it's made and then it's got the you know coconut oil in there as well and the beeswax and the lavender oil for healing and it's amazing but you can make your own concoction at home with like I said using um, coconut oil and infused olive oil you can infuse it with arnica flowers or calendula flowers or whatever you're using because calendula actually helps skin to grow back twice as fast like if you use calendula oil on a, a wound where the skin needs to grow it helps it twice as fast so you've had a wood tick bite and you got the wood tick off successfully and you put a little drop of lavender oil on there you could even put some bentonite clay on there if you don't feel like you've got the head out just right or something else you could just put a poultice on there to help draw out any properties that you're not happy with and then the lavender oil and you can I like to take bentonite clay make the poultice and put lavender oil in it because bentonite clay will actually kind of go rancid after a period of time when you've made the poultice or made the clay and you want to leave it sit in your container put some lavender oil in it and that'll keep it from getting musty smelling and then I also like the lavender oil in there because it makes it more medicinal so you can put that on the tick bite too now some people don't discover the tick itself all they might just all of a sudden realize that they have this bullseye well let's talk about that bullseye they might discover they have a, a red bullseye that red area that looks infected and the, the tick might still be there or he might not be there anymore regardless if you even if you never seen that tick just assume it's Lyme's disease because that is the indicator that Lyme's is present it's it's incubating there and it's going to spread out into the rest of your body at this point many people freak out run to the doctor and the doctor says well we can test you I think it's safe to just go ahead and put you on antibiotics okay and again we treat the symptoms not necessarily the disease okay in homeopathy so if it was me and this is the way I do things I always have my arsenal people say which kit Sue do you think is the most important to have on hand and I say all of them I don't know I must I must have about four or five kits available but I don't sell them online okay because I just don't it's too complicated but I do have them available so if you're interested in any kits like I have the homeopathy for mommy's kit that goes along with the homeopathy for mommy's book there's like 81 remedies in there and then I also have like the world's disease kit and a pet kit and a first aid kit and a travel kit so I think and I think that's and that birthing kit so there's a few kits that we have available and people say which one is the most important I say all of them <laughs> because honestly I, I go to one kit or another all the time all the time anyway getting back to this bullseye and how I would handle things first of all it's a really good idea to basically immunize your family in the spring with a couple three doses of the Lyme's disease nozone and so we do that in a 200C potency. And then when someone has Lyme's disease or has the symptom of Lyme's disease, what do we see? We have that red circle, red, it's usually swollen and it even starts to look glary. Okay, so we have this red bullseye. And even though we all used to think of Lyme's disease as being viral, but it's really bacterial, I still like to go ahead and give belladonna. Belladonna, because of this big, red, glossy, hot-looking 
bullseye on the skin. I like to give belladonna because what it does is it wakes up the vital force of the body to fight against a virus, okay? But it steeps up the vital force to fight whatever is invading the body. So I like to give belladonna for, you know, the first day or so anyway, just, just to wake up the system. Then I like then I like to give the limes nozode. And also in conjunction with the limes nozode, I give silica or silicea because that helps to get it out of the body. And it works. It just simply works. The body reads the nozode, the limes nozode, so it knows what it's fighting. And the silica, it uses the silica to help get it out of the body. And I've had numerous phone calls from people, from friends that have friends who have the bullseye or they were on antibiotics and they're still symptomatic and they've been really sick and they can't get off them. It's all these symptoms still go away even though they've been on antibiotics. I'm not guaranteeing any sort of like cure. I, I can never guarantee a cure anyway but these people all seem to get better. I had one woman and she called and she was literally screaming at me on the phone saying she had just found this bullseye and she was afraid she was going to die because she now had Lyme's disease. And I said, calm down, take a dose of aconite. Why do we take aconite, folks? Because we think we're going to die. So I told her, take a high-potency aconite. He says, take the highest one you have. And then I want you to start taking the Lyme's nozode and silica. And she got completely better in no time at all. It's amazing the way the body will heal itself when it can recognize what it's trying to fight. I was talking to some people the other day about the human body and how it's just simply so confused lately. And I don't know if it's just because we're exposed to so many toxins or if it's because of the lifestyles that we're living or the electrical lights that we're living under. or I just don't know what it is. I won't even pretend to know. I just know that our bodies don't seem to know how to fix themselves anymore. And we were talking about specifically women why are so many women sterile? Why are so many women getting pregnant while they're still nursing full-time? Even through the night, they're still nursing, and they get pregnant anyway. And he says the human body is designed so intricately that the pituitary is only supposed to be triggered to secrete hormone for one major action at a time. So the lactating hormone or the ovulating hormone, it's supposed to know which one should be dominant within the body at any given time. And for some reason, it's just not being triggered to know where its strong suit supposed to be. And so even when we're trying to fight a disease and we seem to be doing better and then all of a sudden we start losing ground, it's like the body is confused and doesn't know what it's supposed to be doing. And or we get over a particular illness and we just have these lingering effects. I've never been well since. I've never been well since. We need to take that remedy that like cures like to help our body recognize the fact that it's not getting better. It, it just, it, ha- it can't quite get over that hump for a complete cure. So let's take the remedy. I'm looking back and we're talking about nozodes here and the Lyme's disease nozode. I remember when I, w- when I first had my world's disease kit and I've talked about in these shows the fact that I had meningitis, right? Well, I didn't know about homeopathy yet and I had gotten, I'd stuck myself in the eyeball, remember, with um, a mascara um, applier. And oh my goodness, it hurt so bad. Well, I, I did what I could. I cleaned myself up. Well, I ended up getting an infection, went to the eye doctor, got some drops, went home, and two months later, I ended up with bacterial meningitis. And 
you know, bacteria can lay, lay in the system dormant until the immune system drops, and then it can take it can take hold, and you can become very very sick and die. Anyway, I ended up in the hospital on in quarantine on intravenous antibiotics. They did a spinal tap, but I responded extremely well to the antibiotics. And I just got better. But I was still quarantined for five days because, you know, they don't know what they're dealing with, bacterial, viral meningitis type of thing. But I responded well, so I knew it was bacterial. And anyway, years later, when I got my world's disease kit and I'm playing with the nozodes, <laughs> I said, oh, kids, you know what? Because I, I still had these, these lingering headaches. I had taken Belladonna, and it helped tremendously. Um, my vision was not nearly so sensitive, and my hearing was not nearly so sensitive. Because after I had had meningitis, I always had to wear sunglasses outside, and I always had to have my kids be very quiet. I couldn't stand loud noises, because the meninges of the brain never, ever seemed to go quite back to normal. So I had started taking a regiment of Belladonna, and I felt I was almost back to normal. And then... I decided, oh, I'm going to take this meningitis nozode for never well since type of thing. And I took it in a 30C because I thought I should just take it in a lower potency. And I literally took the cap off, tapped one or two pellets into the cap, dumped them in my mouth, replaced the cap, and I went to sit the remedy down, and I turned to go fold a load of laundry, and all of a sudden, this pain, this intense pain, hit me in the top of the head. And I'm like, oh my goodness, kids, somebody go go make me a fourth dilution. So they went and they watered down this meningitis nozode four times. Basically, they took one cup of water, put one pellet in there, succussed it, poured it all out except one teaspoon, and then filled it back up to one cup again, succussed it, poured it all out except one teaspoon, and did that two more times to get a fourth dilution. They come running back down the stairs with a spoon and they gave it to me and I started taking one teaspoon doses. And after about 50, I did that about every five minutes and within 15 minutes, my headache was gone. And I never forgot that because I brought that back, that headache back, that meningitis, the memory of that meningitis. And that's what happens. See, I was, they suppressed my meningitis with antibiotics. Okay. I became symptom free within five days. I was better in the allopathic eyes. But I still carried the residual effects of those swollen meninges of the brain for years. Once I discovered belladonna, that helped to get rid of those residual effects. But it wasn't until I took the meningitis nozode yet a couple more years later that completely got rid of all the effects of that meningitis that I had. And so that's the type of thing I'm talking about. And people, they just say, how can that be? And I say, I I don't pretend to know how it is. I just know that God has given us all these elements. He's given us the intellect to say, hey, if we dilute these down, we can use them to cure ourselves. But the point is, is the body responds to even the most finite substances. And it works. So even if you have had Lyme's disease in the, ba- in the past, and you still have residual effects of this Lyme's disease, there's hope for you, okay? If you've been on tons of antibiotics for this particular disease, I would do the cleanup. Um, Luke De Shepper's pharmaceutical cleanup, I use it a lot for people who have been on pharmaceutical drugs. It's basically just Nux vomica, Cilicia, and Arsenicum, all in 6C potency. You take one to two doses a day for two to four weeks, depending on your situation. And it gets those 
pharmaceutical drugs out of your system and it nullifies the harmful effects of that suppression from those pharmaceutical drugs. Then your body's clean enough that it will respond to the treatments that you decide to take at that point as well. And again, I can't stress enough the thuya and not self for the immunization cleanup. If you've been immunized, folks, you really should be doing that. I sell a little kit in my store with directions, um, thuya and not self. It's also in my book uh, on the thuya. I think it's one page 187 or something like that. There's a recipe there, Compton Burnett's recipe for using thuya to cure the harmful effects of exonosis. And um, Von Gravogel added the nat self a few years later because it also aids the action of the thuya. So you get a cleaner effect. Anyway, I have to tell you a little story about that because I keep getting sidetracked here. But I had a friend of mine. I study with her all the time. She went through. <laughs> she's gonna. She's gonna hurt me, and she hears me talk about her. But she went through her naturopathy with me, and she's so much fun to study with. Anyway, we were talking about Thuya and Nat Self, and I said, "Have you downloaded the book?" And she goes, "Like no." And I said, "You need to do that. Everybody needs to download Compton Burnett's old books because he talks about such." healing in homeopathy it's it's incredible I just love his stuff and he writes for us little people he was a brilliant doctor but he wrote in a way that we could all understand it so anyway I she downloaded the book vaccinosis and its cure by Thuya we've talked about this several times on the shows and I talk about it in my homeopathy for mommy's book on the Thuya section so she downloaded it and she read it and she's like Sue I cannot believe that book. It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. He talks about cures for this and cures for that. And I said, I know. It's simple to understand and it's helpful. And I encourage all of you just to do that. Bring this knowledge into your home and teach it to your children because this stuff really heals. I have a young man right now who his he's been trying to get over some years and years and years of suppression from lung disorder and and it had moved into the intestinal area. You suppress the lungs and it goes to the intestinal tract and so once you start the cleanup it has to work its way backwards and he's having some aggravation. So in times like that if you're having aggravation because you've had never well since and now you're trying to clean yourself up and you have some aggravation don't hesitate to use herbs. Look up in old books herbs that strengthen the lungs or herbs that strengthen the skin tissue or herbs that strengthen this or that. Essential oils that help to strengthen the body and nourish the body. And again, I like spirulina. Spirulina is a complete B. It's excellent for boosting the immune system and strengthening the body's fatigue. Okay, It it will help to cure that. And the liver endocrine herbs that I, I like to use so much that help to keep the whole endocrine system working in sync just basic stuff, basic, basic stuff. And, I, you know, I people will say, Sue, you get me confused. You don't give enough information. And I'm really sorry. I guess I studied this stuff for so many years and I learned to implement a handful of things in my family, in my home. This is all I use. And I guess I keep talking about it. So I, I assume everyone is understanding what I'm talking about. And so I don't mean to belittle anyone. It's it's very important that I get through to you that you just understand the basics. And so that's why I keep reiterating the Thuyanet self, the Nux, Vomica, the Arsenicum, and the Cilicia to clean up the pharmaceutical drugs in the system, and then the Nozodes and some of their counterparts for the cures of particular diseases. So with Lyme's disease, again, that Lyme's Nozode, 
the Cilicia, and you can use other remedies too if you have different symptoms. Don't hesitate to throw another remedy in there and use it alternating for a particular symptom of the disease you might have. I've had some people say it will attack the nervous system of the body. That's usually down the road. It doesn't usually show up right away. So if you hit the, if you get the bullseye or you get the tick bite or you start having like chronic fatigue type symptoms, just go ahead and do the Lyme's disease nosode and the Cilicia and just you know, the body will start healing. And then you can clean up things with, I call it, call it like stomping out fires. So if you have a symptom that comes up, just find a remedy that is closest to that and use it until those symptoms subside or change it and get a different one. And you can use these remedies intercurrently. Just check the book, Homeopathy for Mommies, and see if it's complementary or if it's inimical. In other words, it's too much alike. You can't use them at the same time. Or if they cancel each other out, you can't use them, of course, you know, at the same time to alternate them. But if sometimes you'll find that remedies complement each other rather than using them just alone. So with that, I want to thank you so much. And I I hope this has helped because people don't think that they can cure themselves of these types of diseases, but you absolutely can. And I think we're going to talk a little bit more about bacterial infections in the next show, but we'll see. Thank you so much. May God bless you and yours. Thanks for listening to this episode of Homeopathy for Mommies radio show. Please visit Sue on her website, homeopathyformommies.com, and join us right here at homeopathyformommiesradio.com, Wednesday, noon Eastern. As always, we pray the Lord blesses you with good health, vitality, strength, and wisdom.